So the time value of money, if you're if you're spending three hours on email communication just to book a, a client or, for example, the, a guest on the podcast here um, to get all the information you need and your time is hypothetically valued at $50 an hour, and we'll just say for the podcast, you have four guests a month. So you have $50 an hour times three hours of emailing back and forth per guest times four guests a month. That's $600 that you're spending just each booking month. your guests. Each Every month. month. But but a paid CRM like HoneyBook is the equivalent every month, usually of less than $50. Welcome to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. Anne and Courtney are passionate business owners and mothers who are here to help you transition into a career that allows you to work on your own terms and build your own balanced lifestyle. Whether you've already started your own business or are looking to create a path to get there, we're here to give you the resources, tools, encouragement, and community to support you along your journey. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. I'm Courtney Galster, joined by co-host Ann Canoodala. And we're excited to jump back into the conversation with Liz Broderick, the co-founder of Semi-Rebel, which is a business operations firm that helps small business owners streamline their operations. Last week, Liz shared a little bit of her empowering and inspirational story of how both she and her husband left their jobs the same week at the beginning of the pandemic to move across the country and start their own business. Today, she's going to share all the tips that you can apply within your own business, whether you have an existing business or are just getting started, to streamline your operations, stay engaged with what's going on with your clients, and so much more. Let's dive back in. The other thing that I'm really taking away from your story that I think is not typical of most people that leave and start their own business is the intentionality between behind everything that you do. And I think that's your engineer brain. Most engineers are very organized. They're very strategic. They're very process-driven. And so that lends really well to starting your own business because you think things through before you do them and you create a plan for everything, um, including the things that could go wrong along the way before you dive into it. Almost to a fault. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like, I feel like that's a great segue into really talking about Liz, what you've done for us um, on the podcast here and what you specialize in and really helping businesses create process and thinking through all of those things so that, you know, clients can have that positive experience. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, that's what, what drove us into this particular niche, I guess, is it's realizing our own path and the changes and how beneficial it's been and merging that with our engineering kind of project management style brain and the very technical and planning style brain to help people define their end goal, right? Set those intentions and then figure out how they're going to get there. Um, So that's kind of what you guys have a lot with the podcast that you know where you want to be, right? You want that community um, aspect around figuring out what that balance between entrepreneurship and and the rest of your life is. But we've really been working on trying to help get that, um, which oftentimes comes with automating and 
really making sure that your clients and your customers feel seen and like they're they're getting a really positive experience, but without necessarily having to take all of the time and attention from you two as, as a, or any other business owner to get that feeling. Yeah. And well, and here, let's give a, a tangible example for our listeners, because I, I love being authentic in my relationships and the communication process is something that's really important to me. And so when we have all of our guests on, that's a lot of work, a lot of back and forth email communication about planning when they're going to be on the show, what they should expect when they come on to the show, sending, you know, making sure our calendars align, you know, having, we have all of our guests fill out kind of a a questionnaire so we can learn a little bit more about them, about their business, about what balanced life means to them. So we kind of have all of this front end communication that we want to have with them. And we could do that all through email, but that takes, like you said, Liz, that takes a lot of time. So we went to Liz and we said, Hey, Liz, can you help us automate this? But in an authentic way, because, you know, the biggest thing that I want to do is, you know, as I have someone, as we have people come on and be a guest here, we want to make sure that they feel welcomed, that they really come in with the expectation of, okay, well, this is what the process is going to look like. Here's how it's going to go. And again, just have all of those touch points to make sure that we're not leaving them in the dark. And so you helped us through one of our systems, HoneyBook create that backend process. And, you know, we created an SOP of this is what that experience is going to look like. Before you dive in, what's an SOP? Standard operating procedure. (laughs) Did I get that right? (laughs) Just saying that that so that if someone doesn't know what an SOP is, we don't leave them hanging. It's basically breaking down. If you're doing something that is repetitive in your business, like inviting a guest on the podcast, creating a a schedule for when they can come on and having that communication process. This is, you know, if we have a guest every week, even every other week, this is a process that we're doing over and over again. So how can we create that same process for, to be the most efficient, right? I mean, Liz, and you, you probably can even go through this even bit, even better, but the problem that we came to Liz with was how do we authentically create a system so that we have time back in our day? And Liz, why don't you just kind of walk us through what you did? So this is relevant to any business in any niche or any market, and it can give you a huge win. So I'm going to walk through this process that I did with Anne and Courtney in the podcast, but take it away and think about how you can use it in your own business. So like Anne said, we got together and they had had a start but very clearly defined from their guest perspective, what they wanted the process to look like. And that process looked like, okay, Anna Courtney reaches out to the guest, says, we think you'd be great on the show. So they wanted to be able to collect the guest's information. So email, um, and then kind of put it in a log or a, a list of future guests. And then when they had their schedule and said, okay, it's time to invite the next few guests, to book their recording time, they wanted those guests to get a series of emails that included, um, first off, a, a contract that that kind of legally states what's going to happen back and forth with a podcast. 
to book a time that is mutually available to record that podcast and then some email interaction about what that guest would expect throughout the experience. So there are several different touch points even before the recording that they wanted their guests to have, but not have to take the time each time a guest was going to be on the podcast to do that. So then we flip the script and say, okay, what is this? What needs to happen in the background to give that guest the experience that, that Anne and Courtney were after? And it's a very repetitive process, as Anne said. So you don't need to rewrite the email every time you're inviting somebody to record an episode. So what we did in HoneyBook was create um, what they call a flow, which automates. So the guest goes to a specific page on the website, fills out their information for their name and their email, and that triggers a series of what's called strip emails um, to that guest that says, okay, great, we're ready to take the next step. Can you fill out this contract and then schedule a time to record? And then once that recording is booked, another email goes to them that says, okay, this is what you can expect on the show. And then another reminder email comes that says, hey, in one week, don't forget you're scheduled to record your podcast. And then the day before, another email comes out and says, hey, don't forget that tomorrow your podcast is recording. And then throughout that whole process, there's a questionnaire that goes out that has a series of questions and information that Anna and Courtney need to plan for the podcast episode, which includes, you know, the topics of conversation and another email goes out that collects the headshots that are needed for kind of the social media and graphic side. So all of that goes on and it makes the guests feel very seen and heard and like they are not being forgotten about or ghosted, but it's all automatic based on different triggers that happen in the background so that Anne and Courtney don't actually do much more than push a single button to start the process. You've helped us take a lot of the heavy lifting off by completely setting that up for us. Systemizing your business is one of the best things you can do to get time back in your day. And time is money. And so whether you use that time to do more business or whether you use that time to go spend time with your kids or, you know, take on a side passion project, I mean, when you can put more time back in your day doing things as easy as sending out emails and you can put create automations in your business, it's a win-win in my book. And it's worth taking the time to step back and really look at, okay, what does that process look like? What do I want it to look like? And creating that process. And then two, investing and someone who can help you create that process if you don't know how to. I think this is where we talk about the zone of genius and stay in your zone of genius and delegate when you can. And this is something that I know I am not great at. And we found Liz and Liz is phenomenal and she has helped us so much. And it it has just put so much time back into our day that we're forever grateful. And it was the best investment. Really kind of you. That's um, that's interesting. Yes, the zone of genius is so true because I have told Anne, I'm like, man, I am not good at selling. Like, I'm an introvert and I'm an engineer, and I just love sitting in front of my computer and putting these systems together. So it's 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 a really it's a really good relationship between Anne, Courtney, and I because we all kind of acknowledge and understand our lanes. Um, but it's been really 
great to also kind of branch out into that more personal, high-touch experience while automating it. So thanks for the chance and the opportunity to work with you. We appreciate you more than you know. Um, But also, I think what would be interesting to talk about is some of the systems that you most frequently recommend that someone in a solopreneur or small business setting would find helpful? Yeah, the two biggest systems that I recommend every small business owner have is a system that manages your client or customer relationships, which is often called a CRM, and a system that manages your tasks. So in the kind of business world, it's referred to as a project management system, but don't get bogged down in in the whole project management thing. It's basically a way to make sure that your clients and customers aren't falling through the cracks and a way to manage your tasks and make sure that everything is getting done when it needs to get done by the person that needs to do it, which is not always you. So those are the two biggest systems. And then the two things that go along with that are having strategic plans. So having guideposts that define where you're going. So you're not just kind of continuously doing tasks that are the most urgent or that feel like the easiest to get done, but really consciously planning out your work to get you to where you want to go, um, which is often, it could be growth. It could be a certain profit value. It could be a certain amount of time back in your day, um, but that, and then having SOPs, which Anne mentioned earlier, that is huge, especially from a a solopreneur. So it's really easy to say, oh, well, I'm the only one in my business. I'm the only one doing all of this. Why do I need to write down my process? But it is massively enlightening to write down your process and then to realize you don't actually have one. Um, So those are the four things. A CRM, a task management system, a strategic plan for your business that supports your version of success, not everybody else's, and then SOPs, or very standard procedures for the repetitive tasks in your business. I love that. And I think that we could probably even have you come back on for future episodes and break down each one of those, because I think you're absolutely right. I think those are four essential things to have in your business. And, you know, there's also a lot of different options. So it might be a little bit of trial and error to figure out what works best for you? How does your brain work best? I mean, you know, from experience for the podcast, even itself, we've gone through a couple of project management systems, just trying to figure out, okay, what works best for us? Um, But knowing that it's something that's necessary in order for us to be the most efficient and effective in how we're doing our business in in our day-to-day. I mean, I I'm a true old fashioned gal and I, I love pen and paper, but it just, it really doesn't cut it these days. And especially if you've got lots of different projects going on, which most entrepreneurs do, because typically we don't all have a true system figured out yet. Um, it's important to make sure that all of those aspects, like you said, are written down and held accountable for. It's not a one size fits all. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can use, I mean, if pen and paper works best for you and that's what what you are comfortable doing right now, do it. Figure out what works for you and then be open to evolving as your needs and your business change. But you have to start somewhere and it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be in Google Docs. It can be a, a basic 
free ClickUp or um, Asana or Trello area. It can be whatever you make it to be that works for you, but you've got to have something. Um, I think that's all great advice. And I think that understanding what's going to help you be efficient and be productive is um, really important. I used to be... I'm the bootstrap queen. Like literally when I started my business, it was all about how to do as much as I could for as little cost as possible. And I'm still a big believer in bootstrapping where you can bootstrap. But the reality is, is that you need, you can't keep everything in your head. And if you try to do that, you're going to lose things. And if you oftentimes you get what you pay for, and if you try to make certain aspects of your business, the cheapest, do them the cheapest way possible, you're actually going to cost yourself a lot more time than you need to. And the biggest way that I can explain that, or the best example I have of that is that when I left the agency world, Um, I did some freelance work with some different agencies and a lot of the agencies didn't have a project management system in place. Um, So basically everything was tracked by static spreadsheets, not Google spreadsheets, but Excel spreadsheets, which if you have used them, you know that sending stuff back and forth through static spreadsheets is a really good way to lose versions of what you're doing. And then they had no time and billing system because they didn't have a project management system. So they didn't know. A lot of times agency work is hours-based for retainers. And so you only have a certain amount of hours to dedicate to each client for the month. And they would just take the hour statements at the end of the month in flat documents and then compile them into one larger document manually. And then when they were over, they wouldn't know until the month had already passed. and that was the first thing that I invested in, in my business was a digital project management system, which was free. <laughs> it was Asana and you, they still have a free version that you can use. But as we scaled, um, I bought the paid version and an integrated. And the reason why I went with Asana is that I like their time and billing system. They have a plugin that ties into it called EverHour. And you can track and you can have all of your people track in real time the hours that they're spending on each project. That helps you whether you are based on billable hours or not, because you can see where people are spending their time and it's very accurate. Um, But it also just keeps you more in the moment with what you're doing. It takes all of that manual work away uh, from compiling just basic hour statements for your clients at the end of every month. and it is so much less frustrating than trying to manually keep track of everything you have going on for every aspect of your business or every aspect of every client. Yes. That like speaks to my heart and my the data-driven <laughs> strategy. So one thing that is really hard, especially for people who bootstrap, that's a really hard to pill to swallow sometimes is the time value of money. How much is each hour of your time actually worth? And while it's really easy to look and say, oh, I'm not going to invest in a project, a digital project management system or a paid version of a client relationship manager like HoneyBook, they actually end up spending multiple times more time. So the time value of money, if you're if you're spending three hours on email communication just to book a, a client or, for example, the, a guest on the podcast here, 
to get all the information you need and your time is hypothetically valued at $50 an hour. And we'll just say for the podcast, you have four guests a month. So you have $50 an hour times three hours of emailing back and forth per guest times four guests a month. That's $600 that you're spending just each booking month. your guests each Every month. month. But, but a paid CRM like HoneyBook is the equivalent every month, usually of less than $50. It depends on which CRM you use, but it, they're very, very cost effective when you, when you flip the scripts and understand that actually paying and investing in a system that works really well is so worth it. So from a project management system, when you pay, for example, you use a sonic warning, but there's, um, ClickUp is another really popular one that is $5 a month per user that can give you the ability to do real-time task tracking and time tracking and um, get all of those thoughts that you have floating around in your head out on paper, the mental capacity that, that using that gives you can save you so much time when it comes to like multitasking. You're no longer multitasking because you've got it all out of your brain. So there's immense value in investing in something, even if you're trying to bootstrap. So always kind of look at it from a time value of money perspective. Even though you're going to pay for this, how much more money could it bring in or how many more clients can it bring in if you have that time free to focus on your zone of genius? And I I think we have to put it outside of terms of just the podcast too. For client onboarding or customer onboarding, how much information do you need to get from clients and how long does that typically take? You could put it in an automation. When you're going back and forth with a prospect or um, someone that you know you're chasing for business development, how much time do you typically invest in that? And how many of those are you typically communicating with a month? And how could you automate that? It doesn't. An automation can still be a very uh, high touch opportunity, and it can still be personalized to the people that you're talking to uh, if you're thoughtful about it. But if you look for ways to save time, you will find them with automation. And that is literally foundation, ground point, like probably step number five in your business is to figure out how you can, you know, your first step is starting your business and taking on your first client. Your second step is your brand and your website and all of those things. And once you get a little bit further down the line where you're like really a hundred percent focused on your business all the time, that is where you start saving time is by figuring out where you can automate. Well, and this is is a conversation that I often have as a strategic growth consultant, because people always want to know, how can I grow? So how can I take my business to the next level? And uh, some people in their head, that means more clients, more dollars. And I always look at it as full picture. Well, what can you automate? What can you systemize? Because when you create these automations, And when you give yourself more time, the growth will follow. And you make yourself more profitable. And at the end of the day, um, I think that a lot of businesses, a lot of solopreneurs grow into more of a small business model without thinking of thinking of money in, in what I consider to be the right way. It's not the right way for everybody, but more revenue doesn't always equal more profit. And so I have certainly been in a situation in the past where 
we're taking on more business, but we're not making any more money because we're not, we don't have enough systems in place. We don't have enough processes in place. We have too many like gaps where we're bleeding hours into things that we shouldn't be bleeding hours into. And you can catch that a lot faster when you have systems in place to track the, to track where time is going, to track where money is going. If you have it set up, like I have it set up in my project management system every three months, I need a report on what um, subscriptions we're spending money on. I mean, that's a simple way to figure out if you're spending money on things that you shouldn't be spending money on. I check hours every single week on Monday. When I sit down at my computer, I look at where we're spending hours for different clients um, from for the last week. And it's a really good way for me to sit down and say, hey, we're spending too much time on this. We don't have the hours to do this. Or we're not spending enough time on this and we should be putting more hours into this. And, and if we didn't have those systems in place, I would never know. Well, and Courtney, you bring up an interesting point as, as you're talking about this, about how by automating and systemizing, you're essentially collecting data. And Liz, I know you would sing about this all day long. When you have that data, you can be really, you can make really strategic decisions about your business based on that data. Yes. And that is, as Courtney points out, tracking your hours and tracking your time and actually understanding what you're spending that time on is one of the, I won't say it's the easiest, but one of the most basic ways to collect very, very valuable data about your business. And it's also a little uncomfortable when you start doing it and you realize that, as you said, Courtney, you're bleeding hours into things that, I mean, you can sit and tell yourself something takes half an hour all day long, but when you actually track and it takes two or three hours to do, it really highlights the areas that you need to work on um, or charge think, more on. or charge more. And yes. And the other point that you made is profitability. And that like, that is huge, right? I think small businesses or solopreneurs, like you said, face the dollar in the, in an ineffective way. So you want it to understand profitability and understand that's a, that's a lever you can pull, right? So if you're making more money over a shorter amount of time, that's more effective than just making more money. And like you said, not having the systems in place, which means if you bring on more clients to make more money, you also may need to bring on another team member, which at exactly. the end of the day doesn't actually make you more money. It doesn't accomplish what you might be setting out to do. One thing I want to touch on is we've we've gone through this conversation from the perspective of the business owner or the solopreneur, the entrepreneur. But from the client or the customer's perspective, why systemizing and automating can give them a much more positive experience. Because I'm just going to give an example that I'm sure we've all had. You have a client that submits a, a lead, right? They send you an email, they submit a contact form, they give you a call and, and express interest in working with you. And then, you know, two hours after that happens, you get a call and one of your kids is sick with the flu, right? So from the client's perspective, you might go cold, you might ghost because in your own personal life, you have something that's come up that prevents you from being able to send that contract tomorrow or um, write up a new, very specific email to them, you know, asking if they have any more questions about it. So that follow-up that you intend on doing doesn't happen because you kind of get derailed because something comes up outside of your business. If, if you had a CRM in place and a process in place that was automated, as soon as they submit that 
form or that show interest, it starts an, a series of emails or questionnaires or forms that they get so they can continue to feel like you're paying attention to them and that, that they're progressing through the process of beginning to work with you without you having to focus on it. So you can, while your kid is taking a nap, look through that stuff on your own time, but it doesn't impact the experience that your client or your customer is having. And it makes it very consistent. And it also highlights the way a process is now versus how you want it to be. So writing that down and automating it, it really helps you grow and improve over time because you have a lot more control over kind of the levers that can be pulled and how they're perceiving you and your business because it's all automated, because it's a very standard setup. I want to know what are the top three things you automate in your business, Liz? <laughs> Ooh. Um, lead capture is one um, that I know a lot of people talk about, and it's a big part of a CRM. Automating, like I said, that that first experience, that first impression that your clients have. Um, another thing that I automated um, in our PM system. So we set up a variety. We configure a variety of them, but but in full transparency, um, my husband and I use ClickUp to run our own business. Um, and we have automations that have recurring, they automatically every week or every month assign a task to us to look at various things. So like Courtney, you pointed out subscriptions. So every month we look through our finances. Um, we've got one that automatically blocks time every quarter for strategic planning so that we can take a look at our business plan. We've got one at the end of every month to, as you said, collect um, and review the hours. We do it on an ongoing basis, but to actually take a hard look at the hours we spend on our clients and make sure that that everything is right and that we're billing them appropriately. So that's another thing that I automate um, are those recurring business tasks that it's really easy to just kind of push to the next week or say, I'll, I'll deal with it later. And then the third thing that I automate is uh, forcing time off. So <laughs> it, uh, it kind of I love that. the same realm. Um, and I, it, I admit, I'm not great at it, right? I see it on the calendar, which is the first step, but um, it's something I encourage clients to do as well. So taking basically blocking a week at the end of each quarter to go not black, but maybe, maybe gray for clients, right? So just to kind of step back and take a breather, Maybe that means that that time that automatically shows up that I kind of put on my calendar way in advance. You take that time for your own personal vacations um, or rest time. You can sometimes we end up taking it to focus on shifts that we need to make internally within our business. Um, so those are kind of the three things. Figure out a way to automate your client onboarding, uh, those recurring business tasks that it's really easy to make an excuse to not do. And then um, if you have a tendency to kind of struggle to put work down or to step back, automate that process where it's just a standard black and white setup that kind of blocks time off on whatever basis it is, whether it's, you know, every Friday afternoon, whether it's a couple days a month, whether it's a week, every quarter, whatever it is, right? Automate that, that kind of forced reflection time. I love that. I think that that's, I mean, I think that's, I could use that. <laughs> like I said, it's For easier sure. said than done, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, 
it's hard to take time away from your business. I don't, and really good about going dark um, and just disconnecting uh, from business and just setting that boundary. I am not, I cannot leave my computer home because I don't know why. Like, it's just, I probably could force myself to do it, but I would be so worried the whole time that something's going to go wrong. It's, it's really, it's hard and you have to, you know, you really have to mentally prepare yourself, but it can, it can happen. And I feel like that's another conversation for another day, but I, I love all the suggestions, Liz. I feel like I jotted a few of them down myself and I was like, Ooh, I should include that. And I should automate that. So, I mean, obviously Liz, we need to have you back another day because there's so much more to talk about, but I just really enjoyed hearing your story, even on a larger scale and hearing all the things that you do. And I think, you know, absolutely if automation and system systemizing things are not your zone of genius, give Liz a call <laughs> and her husband. They've done wonders for us. We would love to. Yeah. Um, if, if you have any questions at all, don't hesitate to reach out on social media or our website or email. We love, we're nerds. We love the the conversation and, and strategy around all of that. We'll put all of Liz's links in the show notes. Please feel free to reach out to her with any questions. She's been a huge support to us, both in terms of conversation and in terms of the podcast, and you will get great results working with her. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you connect with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Check out the show notes for our links and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And if you liked today's show, we'd greatly appreciate a review. See you next week.